Welcome to High Fidelity Top 5, the podcast where we talk about High Fidelity the movie five minutes at a time. I'm David Stoker. I'm Chris LaSalle. I'm Kathy Stoker. I'm Candace LaSalle. Welcome. Hey, hey. Hi, everyone. It's our debut episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to talk about the trailer of the movie High Fidelity, which came out in 2000. 2000? That was... 2000? Yeah. 20, 20 years, years ago. 20 years ago. Oh, my God. That's why we're doing it, right? For the 20th anniversary? Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about the trailer first in this episode. Yep. Mm. And uh, I don't know where we want to get started. Um, everybody likes High Fidelity, right? We confirm Loves that. It. Right. Yeah. Loves it. I forgot how much I liked it until I watched the trailer. Then I'm like, well, I need to watch the movie. Yeah. One of the songs from the movie is uh, we uh, played at our wedding. I know. Our wedding yes. Uh, was it Stevie, Stevie Wonder? Wonder? Stevie Wonder, yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. I believe, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a great song. Do you think this is a, a generational type of movie? You know, for, we're, you know, Gen X? I don't know. Uh, you know, I was, I had, as I, I had, uh, written down a bunch of notes for the trailer and it was I was picking out all the songs that are being played and you know obviously it starts with Walking on Sunshine which is from 85 okay. um, it's got uh, The Night Chicago Died uh, from 1974 uh, the reference to I Just Called to Say I Love You is from 80, 84 mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's a Gen X movie if, uh, mm-hmm. I mean Oh, yeah, definitely late seventies. Yeah. You know, if you were but I think everyone 70s. could kind of relate to it. Well, not everyone, like in the. Well, I guess different parts of it, but yeah, I I don't know. I'm not sure if I agree, but. So you don't think it's Gen a Gen X target? Are we Gen X? We are. Okay. Um. So how old was I in 2000? You were a punk kid of. I don't we were in 27? our early 20s. 27? Wait, in 2000? Wait. No, you were almost yeah, we 30. Were mid, mid, mid to late uh, 20s. Mid okay. to late, yeah. yeah. So I think this was a perfect target for our age group at that time. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We, we were sort of getting started in the career world, and, um, you know, Rob has his own shop, and right. it's all about music and life and love. Just has everything. Yeah, so it was a certain age group or a certain generation i mean right is that the same thing same thing oh <laughs> right yeah so, well i know but like if you were in your you know late 20s now would you relate to this movie oh that yeah right that's right what could, I mean. yeah um oh. that's a good question so not to go on a tangent already but um we watched the movie blinded by the light which was the movie about bruce springsteen from the perspective of a young indian yeah uh, young man and how he finds Bruce Springsteen and how his life changes from that. And the theme in that, and that, that also took place in the late 80s, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear a lot of 80s songs and, right. you know, he gets exposed to Bruce Springsteen. And then a lot of people are saying, like, Bruce is done, man. You know, don't listen to that. And I think it's one of those things like the music in this movie, again, is 80s, 70s, um, maybe a little bit before. Um, and I, and I think it's those things like once you discover the music, maybe you'll be interested in the movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think Candace, you were right too, or whoever said it, that 
the themes, right, of, of love, coming of age as a young adult, um, heartbreak, all, all of those, you know, human human feelings, emotions, um, make it universal as I'm talking it out with you guys. Um, that definitely, I think this movie is for our generation, but I think, you know, generations to follow would definitely like it, enjoy it. I think it's become a little bit of a cult classic. I mean, feel free to argue that one, but I also think it's considered a classic for our generation as well. Yeah. I I don't know. Maybe that's a, that's a big statement to make. I know. I mean, I'm thinking too, like, why does each one of us like it? Like I'm looking at Chris and like, Oh, it's because of Rob and playing records and music and mm-hmm. all of that. Whereas I'm like, for me, it's about the relationships, relationships and right. everything he's done and learned and the love. And so, and maybe, I don't know for you guys, you know, like, yeah, your reason for loving the movie is and Jack think- Black. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I just so enjoyed it for those same reasons, Candace, the relationships. Right. Um, but also, too, like I so appreciate the movie even more because when Dave and I were dating and he played me the Stevie Wonder song and that was like a, you know, connecting moment in our mm. relationship. And right. then that ended up being our wedding song. Like there's like who knew from, you know, this movie, this song that that it would become that. I don't know. I know specials. Right. Yeah. Special. Right. It has a different meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the music, but I think for me, I like his journey, Mm -hmm. you know, Rob's journey through life. Yeah. You know, and that sort of thing. And I love the supporting characters. I think they are all fantastic. They are. You know, Jack Black and, you know, the guy that plays Dick and even Ian. I mean, I think they're all, they're all fantastic. Yeah, they are. I agree. Is Jack Black, um... How many movies had he made before this? Or was this a breakout or no? I, I don't know. I'm trying to think about Or for John Cusick, I mean, he had been in maybe so many of the younger, the 80s movies, right? Yeah, he had been in a bunch of movies before this. Um, you know, going different. You know, he started out more of in like the, the comedic role, 16 Candles, Better Off Dead, One Crazy Summer. Uh, Eight Men Out. That's right. I forgot. Say anything. Well, that's not the comedy. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I think he changed a little bit to the more dramatic movies like Eight Men Out, Say Anything, Fat Man and Little Boy. Um, You know. I need to see some more of his movies. (laughs) Yeah, he's so many. So I think so. I think before this point, I think he definitely switched a little bit in toward of his Mm -hmm. the way he started out to where he he and you know ended up. He ended up doing. Uh, which I forgot, he did The Road to Wellville, which was such a weird and bizarre movie. Um, and then he did Gross Point Blank, which, again, was a oh, yeah. was one of his, I think, off-kilter, I don't want to say anti-hero, but it was like that sort of anti-hero character, you know. And uh, he did, I, I, also I'm surprised he did Con Air with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> right. A classic in its own right. Yeah. I, know. I, I don't know if I've seen that. I know what we're doing this weekend. I haven't seen a lot of movies, so right. you'll hear me say that a lot. Yeah. Oh, I haven't and seen that one. I haven't seen correct that. me if I'm wrong, because I, you know, what I'm excited, why I'm ex- one of the reasons why I'm excited to do the podcast is to go back and really watch the movie and analyze it. Um, that Rob Gordon, right, his character breaks the fourth wall, right, yes. in yep. the movie, and I think that that's another thing that I liked about is that he would give us some inside scoop or thoughts or feelings, um, which I think really made the movie, you know, 
that much better and that much, you know, I guess more clever. Mm-hmm. I, I had that as a note too. Kathy was the breaking the fourth wall. And, um, I, I always enjoy that in, in a movie, whether it's just the, whether you get the one wink at a camera or something like that, or where it's just, you know, the whole movie spent talking to you. Uh, right. Ferris Bueller, right? He does a lot of that. Yes. Um, are you are you an anti fourth wall, Candace? I am not anti fourth wall. Were you expecting me to be? Yeah, um, yeah. I hate <laughs> it when they do that. No, I'm not. I feel like there's more of a connection there. Like you feel like you're like on the inside, like you like you're in on the secret kind of. Yeah. And so I feel like you're a little bit more part of their world. So I do like that. We, I mean, yeah, I love those are the, my favorite parts of the movie is when he does like at the beginning of the trailer he comes up and he's like. He's like, I own championship, you know, I'm Rob Gordon, I own championship final. Or, you know, he says, you know, I hired these guys for three days a week and they just showed up. They just kept showing up every day. For four, that was four years. I mean, just those little insights he gives. Yeah. And it's not like prevalent throughout the whole movie. It's just every once in a while he gives you a little snippet into what's going on. Yeah. Is, there, is, there, is there a movie that you wish there was, uh, uh, you wish there was fourth wall breaking in it that, uh. Isn't like um, we were just talking about Anne of Green Gables. If Anne was talking directly to me yeah. and I could be her bosom, <laughs> bosom friend. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Captain Von Trapp talking just to me. Okay. All right. So, so, so that's a definite yes. That would enhance, well, that would no. enhance the movie But then I'd be like, you. oh, but wait, he's not, is he just talking to me or is he talking to everyone? So I don't know. I don't, mm. I'm not sure. I think it, I don't necessarily in those movies. I don't know if there's a movie that I'd have to really think about that. Dave, do you have a do you have one that might be made better by fourth wall breaking? Um, I don't know. I, you know what it always makes me think of though, and um, it's not fourth wall, but it makes me think of Blade Runner. Yes. Um, the, the narration. The narration, like uh, when I first originally saw that movie, it was with the the narration, and then the director cut came out. You know, and then the definitive director cut came out, and they they removed the narration. And I'm not sure in that instance whether I like it or whether I don't like it. I like the movie both ways, but I do like the fourth wall breaking, you know, in movies like this or, you know, recently in the movies like Deadpool, where he's talking to the audience and stuff like that. I always find that fun. Yeah. Sure. What about you, Kathy? Um, you know, this one, because I brought it up especially, and yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, that you had mentioned, Chris. Um, what, I, what I find interesting is watching the Sex and the City series. In the beginning, the first, like season one, in the first few episodes, Carrie breaks the first wall, I believe. The fourth wall. The fourth wall. She does. Sorry. Really? Wall. And then they stop doing that. I, th- I think she does. They also show other people, people talking. on the street, yeah. On the street. She does? I th- oh, I think really? She, I think she does. Well, I I'm not doubting you. Watch. I'm just... I'm, but now no, I want to go see. She goes away from it, and I think it's better without breaking the fourth wall later in the the. Well, series. during the during the show, though, she often will ponder a question right to with the a audience, voiceover, which I think is somewhat of true. You know, right. what's the difference between traditional breaking of the fourth wall, like he does? He's talking to the camera versus right. a narration that's clearly talking to the audience, like Carrie yeah. does. Right. You know. But they're, they're right. There's a shift though between the visual of looking at you. And then her typing on her computer. That's what I was just thinking mm. about. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't think there's a lot of movies that I would say that that would be an effective technique. But I really like it in this one, for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. I'm realizing, talking to the three of you, that I'm going to really need to start paying more attention when I watch a movie. 
I, because no, I, I think when I watch a movie, I'm just watching it. And then, and obviously some movies have a big impact on me and I love them and I could watch them over and over again. But there's a lot, I don't, I can go and it's gone. It's out of my head eventually. And I don't, you know, I mean, I've watched Sex in the City, Kathy, oh, how many times? So many. I don't remember that. I can't picture that at all. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm just really going to start paying attention. Or I can be the one in the group <laughs> who's kind of clueless. <laughs> No, I'm not, no, I'm not saying that in like a, oh, yeah. poor me kind of thing. But, you know, um, obviously we'll all bring our own, <laughs> our own insights in our own ways. But it's just, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to just have to really pay more attention. <laughs> I think of, I think of like recent Star Wars movies. Like we've, we've seen those all together, mm-hmm. you know, with the, the, you know, the, the, the sequels and, you know, I, we always think about them on first viewing like oh that was really cool or that was you know i didn't like that part but then there's always like that second or third viewing and you're like oh i picked up on this thing and i picked up you know maybe right. this is what that means and you know i think for me it's it's i try to enjoy the film the first time you know i don't go in with expectations and then it's when i often see a movie two or three times you know that i'm like Ten. then i'm starting to pick it apart and be like right. oh that was that was crappy like why they do that and stuff like that but so when you say that if you've seen a movie, i know you're probably exaggerating with 10 times but or not um chris not is shaking his head Wars. but <laughs> picking apart but if you've seen it 10 times it's because you love the movie so why would you pick it apart but i guess that's the whole i think it's even movies like i don't look at all my favorite well, movies i don't pick, pick any it, of them maybe apart pick it apart is the wrong wrong phrase maybe it's more of analyzing the movie right just just you know kind of like over at the star trek minute where you know they, they yeah uh, those guys talk about the minute one minute at a time right to those guys yeah. i love those guys a plug yeah they're okay <laughs> wrong show i think because i'm you know i always disclaim that i'm this geeky english teacher and when i was in college i took a film as lit class and really learned how to break down film from a literary perspective, that I just love doing it. Um, uh-huh. You're laughing at me, Dave. I think I'm laughing just the way you said. I've learned how to break down film. No, I didn't mean it. What? Like as if I'm like all knowing? That's we not have... what I meant. No, I it's going to be good to have you, right. Kathy. Oh. Yeah, we're going to have that perspective. You yes. need different perspectives. Oh. A whole here. different perspective. Yeah. So yes. Now, now we're going to expect that, Kathy. What is your film <laughs> literacy take on this five no, minutes? No. Yeah. Plus, I right. also, though, I, you know, I love psychology and studying people's relationships and on screen and sometimes probably overanalyzing right Dave sometimes Uh, (laughs) so so get ready everyone this this movie is prime for for looking at the relationships and I do enjoy the friendships and the the you know the employees working together and how they you know they're friends and I don't know I think the four of us have been friends for well a couple decades at least, but for Dave and Chris, since they were in what seventh, eighth grade, junior high, yeah, junior high. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, again, I think that's what why you were saying, Dave. This just is that kind of generational movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, looking at the trailer as a whole, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I've watched it a couple times, and obviously, I've watched the movie a couple of times. I don't feel like the trailer is necessarily representative of what's wholly going on in the movie. I agree. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like they trick us a little in the sense of it talks about Rob gating. Right. And to a per- certain extent, yes, the movie is about his love life, but I don't feel like 
it's representative of what's going on in his life now. It's a lot of, they talk about in the movie, historical dating, like his right. past girlfriends. Not, yeah. the trailer makes it seem like he's currently, you know, this this playboy who's going out with all these different women and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't feel like the trailer is very accurate in that sense. Do you like when a trailer tricks you? Sometimes I don't because yeah. I get annoyed when I'll see a trailer and I'll be like, that was super awesome. And then the movie comes along and it's like, where right. was that scene that I saw and it was super awesome and then they totally removed it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a whole different context or, yes. yeah, I get torn because I don't, I do not like a trailer that gives too much away. Um, and I don't feel, and I, that's, so one way I like this trailer because I don't feel like it gives a lot away, but yeah, I agree with you, Dave, in that it kind of is a little misrepresentation of what actually happens in the movie. So are you, are you guys talking about Pixar's brave and how, no. they, and how they left out the entire storyline of the mother turning into a bear? No. no. I was thinking, actually, I was thinking of the Avengers when they have that scene of all the Avengers like rushing. They're sort of mm. like they're split apart and then they come into one group. But that, part never takes place in the movie mm. oh so you so you're saying dave you don't like the deliberate decisions oh. that the producers are making to fake you out with a trailer oh, i yes. hate that yes and that, i don't know i don't think necessarily... i don't think that should be allowed i Ooh. think that i think that's total <laughs> misrepresentation of i mean i think yeah i don't know okay and i get this trailer's not doing that this trailer's right different but i also don't like the fact that the trailer is not telling us an accurate story yeah. of what's going on in rob's yeah. life mm -hmm. right so the the trailer for me i think to what you're saying dave because I, I thought the same thing <clears throat> the trailer to me made me wonder is this a romantic comedy did the, tra the trailer give you that vibe a little bit yeah right mm. but that's more, more comedy with a little bit of like his slap not slapsticky but sort of like his bumbling attempts in the dating world right Right. Isn't you know, it, he finally finds Laura. Has he found the one? <laughs> Isn't it romantic comedy, though? No? I don't know that it is. I think it's more of a black comedy, or maybe not black comedy, but it's definitely not your traditional, you know, slapstick, laugh-right um, comedy. Mean, yeah, I don't know that it is romantic, necessarily. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of... Um, Dinky stuff that we learn about him, and you know, and he's human, so there's that. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. romantic comedy. It's not all. Uh, it's not all. Um, it's not. You've got mail. Right. It's, well, it's not all unicorn and rainbows. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Right. That's the phrase I was looking for. <laughs> so right, another so. thing, watching the trailer. Now I feel like I, you know, watching it, having seen the movie, I laughed out loud a lot of times watching the trailer. Yeah. But was that because I've seen the movie and I know the context of each scene? Right, yeah. Or, like, I wish I hadn't seen the movie so I could see the trailer. Yeah, it'd know... be interesting to show this trailer to someone and be like, you know, would they laugh at the same parts we're laughing right. at? Right, right. You know, where Jack Black is like, it doesn't go any higher. Right. You know, those sort of things. <laughs> or at the end, when what does he say at the end of the trailer? What, Ian Guy? <laughs> no, the, the one about with the daughter. Oh, do you even know your daughter about the Stevie Wonder song? Yeah. I just called to say I love you. And then he's like, is your daughter in a coma? <laughs> I just was like, oh, my God. He just, yeah, makes me. That could, I mean, I think that one would probably be funny on its own. Yeah. 
I think the other thing. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Well, the, the uh, one of the things, one of the stupid things that's always stood out for me in the movie is actually I, I was really surprised to see it in the trailer is the is the fight scene <laughs> where, where Dick takes the air conditioner out of the wall and throws it on top of Ian, <laughs> yes. and they actually put that in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so it's so ridiculous in 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 context, but just to see it in the in the trailer too, I was that I was right. pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, out of context, you're like, what is going on here? Right. But I know the scene that this happens in, so I think that that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie right. is that, that whole segment. Yeah. Yeah. So I laugh and I chuckle because I know what's happening. I am. Um, I know. I'm looking. But Get then I'm looking man. at Tim Robbins. Like, totally forgot. Like, I knew, I forgot that he was the actor. Right. Yeah. Because um, I, all I think of him is Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, this is quite a yeah. different role for yeah. him. I have seen that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, Joan Cusack, right? Is, well, I love her. Yes. Right? Their brother and sister, um, mm-hmm. John, right? They are? Yeah. No. I was just verifying, so uh, I didn't give I thought, they, I thought they were married. Chris! No, <laughs> but I, I don't know. When I remember watching the first time, I was like, oh, they're brother and sister. How nice is that? Like, mm. I like that. Yeah. I yeah. love her. I was trying to go back and see... Um, how many movies they've been in together? Yeah, uh, they were actually together in Sixteen Candles. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. John Cusack had a really small part in that, right? He was a friend of the geeks. Um, was, yeah, yeah, friend of uh... Anthony Michael Hall. Um, and then um, they were they played brother and sister in Gross Point. Wait, were they brother and sister in Gross no, Point? No, she, sec- she, she was the secretary or the uh, the administrative assistant. That's right. That's right. Uh, but they were brother and sister in Say Anything. Um, which oh, she's yeah. she's actually uncredited in that movie. Really, she is. Yeah, which really surprised me. Like, does it, it? We all knew who she was. I mean, it was not like she was like an unknown back then. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah. So, any other? Speaking of the, the cast, um, I completely forgot that Lisa Bonet is in it. Oh, I was right. totally gonna. That was what I was just gonna bring up. Was the fact that when they're going through like starring John Cusack, she's like one of the headliners. She's literally in the movie for like five minutes, yeah. If that. Well, was but... the Cotton Feast show still on at that time? Two thousand. Uh, I don't think so. Like, why was she a head considered a headliner? I don't, I don't know. know. Was she big right then? Was what did she have going on then? Well, was she ever big? I feel like I know her in like one movie and Cosby Show. I you know. I feel like she was because she was. I don't know. So cool and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know a lot about her. We're going to have to dig up uh, her resume yeah. a little bit more I'm, in the I'm show. excited about going through a lot of these things because right. we're going to learn so much about these characters and the actors who played them and stuff right. like that. Like, I think that's going to be awesome. Do you think they put uh, Lily Taylor in the in the trailer just to make us all go, you know, the Say Anything connection, right? She was Maybe, uh, yeah. his best yeah. friend. I don't know. I, just, I was wondering that, too, of... John Cusack's got a you know a, a cast of regulars or circular circle of friends that are in all his movies and right. like a, like a Wes Anderson crew. Yeah, I was also thinking about um, the music store as a whole. Like when we were watching this back in two thousand, right? Music stores were still a thing, and today mm. they're yeah. you know I, is that one in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, still open that we've been to with you guys? Yeah. Well, is it uh, Bull Moose? Bull Moose. 
Is that what it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we have a few record stores and stuff, I guess. But can you buy anything? Wait, what do you buy now? Is it just vinyl or can you buy CDs still? Sure, you can still get CDs. Vinyl is getting, it's coming back. Vinyl has made a comeback, which is so interesting. So I just, I wonder if you will have to ask our teenagers, um, watching this movie, would that be cool to see? Like, this is how we used to shop for music versus on Spotify or iTunes. Well, yeah. during the 2000s, CDs were still prevalent. I mean, yeah. So I think yeah. at that time, vinyls were, you know, going to a championship vinyl, I would I would liken it to a comic book store. Like a mm-hmm. retro kind of feel. Yeah. Like it's... Well, it fits right in with the whole, you know, the the, the music snobs that, yes. that these characters I are. wouldn't have gone. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I would not have gone in that store because Jack Black would have totally made fun of me. Me too. Because I am... I, you would yeah. have asked for... Wait, I wouldn't could... have asked for Stevie Wonder, but I'm sure I would have asked for something that he'd be like, oh, yeah, no, go like, to the mall the and go get your music there. We can right. do that. We can do that as a uh, we can we can uh, maybe as we're going through the show, we can say, what would what would Jack Black's character uh, say to this request? <laughs> yes, that would, right. awesome. that would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like Candace, would he if you and I went in and were looking for Wham's new album, what would he say? Oh, I can imagine. Rick Astley. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of music snobs. But... For Wayne's album. Oh, I'm sorry. What about me and Chris? You and you guys liked it too. Spice Girls. I was just listening to George Michael's <laughs> Faith the other day, so come on, guys. Yeah. All Nothing right. Wrong all right. With them. Sorry, we shouldn't have assumed. We all appreciate. Well, I think Kathy music. and I have a common uh, love. Yeah, we, we love voice... wake me yeah. up before you go yes. go. So that's why she said it. Um, yes. Didn't mean to exclude. I think you were excluding. I wasn't, sweetie. <laughs> This is an all-inclusive podcast. Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of music snobs. I don't like when people are... <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not a fan. And so I don't love that part of the character because I just I think it's so judgmental when people criticize other people's music tastes. And um, so, oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I have had to get after people in my own house. Chris, uh, so I was going to ask you, Gabe, my Chris son, is, our son. You know, I've known Chris for a very long time, yeah, and I've known about his music tastes and his music collection. Mm-hmm. I was, I was actually during the the, the podcast, I was going to actually ask you about yeah. what it's like to live with that with Jack music. Black's character. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has learned a lot. Yes, well, we probably uh, that will um, we can go deeper in that um i think chris has opened his world a little bit to embrace um more music not you know tolerate more music should i say i'm not sure what the word is and so we're working on teaching um our 16 year old son gabe how to do that as well um, because he can he's learned a lot from well, he's also a teenager, so we don't even need to go there. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think yeah, what it's like is we can, yeah. I, f- I feel like my musical horizons have been expanded. Yes, I think uh, they have. I have my limits, but yes. uh, maybe we can talk about those. But we probably won't have to in the context of this movie because I don't think they go to necessarily genres that I'm not a fan of. Oh uh, yeah, no, I just but, don't uh, think they do. No. Uh, so you don't like music snobs? Do you like book snobs? I don't like any snobs, actually. Don't get me started. I don't know any book snobs. So how many of you read the book, High Fidelity? I have not. Me either, but I just wrote it down to order it. 
I read it before the movie came out. Right, book snob. Yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> so I've got a music snob and a book snob in my house. And they I happen have... to be the same person. <laughs> <laughs> what, Dave? I do want to, I, I would like to, uh, I, I mean, you know, Dave and I uh, do another podcast called Star Trek Minute. And uh, one of the things I like doing is comparing the, the film itself to the novelizations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to do some comparisons of, of the film to the book because there's, there's, there's a lot of similarity, but I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of differences too. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Me too. Me too. Anything else on your minds about the trailer? Yeah, I had another one going through the cast list. Um, I, uh, I I had to laugh out loud as they're going through, you know, Jack Black and John Cusack, and um, and then when they get to the character where they where they should have gone and introduced the the character of Dick, the actor playing uh, uh, Dick is his name's Todd Luizo. Yeah. Um, they don't say his name, but they show his face, and he has like a reaction shot where he kind of just yes. like looks off to the side, like, "Why didn't you say my name? You just, you just, you literally oh, just put me on camera, but you didn't say my name." And I wonder what he thought of that when, when he saw the trailer. Like, what's the deal, man? Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, I was doing a little bit of uh, digging. I was interested in the 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 music that's in the trailer. Obviously, it jumps right in with "Walking on Sunshine." Um, and there's uh, uh, there's at least three different songs in the trailer itself, and um, I was also curious. I have this, you know, I have the soundtrack, you know, the official soundtrack to High Fidelity. It's got like twelve or thirteen tracks on it, but uh, there's actually seventy different pieces of music in the film altogether, wow. uh, which is amazing to me. I had no idea, um, but one of them one, at the end of the trailer, the music that's at the end of the trailer um, is actually not in the film, which I found interesting. It's the uh, the very last piece, uh, it's called town called malice by the jam from oh, 1982. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I don't like, this is one thing I guess I don't like about trailers. I don't like when trailers mm. use music mm. and then that does not appear in the film. Mm. Right. Um, well, this goes back to our fake out. Discussion. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that happens a lot though. It, it does. It's just like certain yeah. songs that they get like stir up emotions and get that I think does something to people and like, oh, it hooks them. Yeah. And then, but the, it doesn't necessarily fit in the movie or, well, yeah, but no, I don't like that. I agree. Yeah. Well, what, remind me, what's the song that Jack Black says at the end of the trailer? Like he, the, I mean, the father's asking if, what's the name of it? I just called to say, I love you. Stevie Wonder. You. Oh, Stevie Wonder. Right. I, I got confused and I was thinking Whitney Houston, um, with her love ballad. You know, the, Can you sing uh, it for us? I will always love you. I will always love you because isn't that Dolly Parton too? Maybe? In that movie, oh. The Bodyguard, it wasn't until the very end that that song was in it, right. and I just remember I was I went to see it with my mom, and we couldn't wait to hear that song, and it wasn't until the very end. And mm. yes, it was in a climactic, you know, at the end moment. But anyway, I digress. I was thinking that was the song, but why, then I think, why wouldn't Jack Black want Stevie Wonder songs? I don't think it's Stevie Wonder's songs. I think it's that song. It's that song. Yeah. Because that it's song. a well, little hokey. We, as we discussed in the Savvy. movie, we'll find out about Jack Black's character. You're and right. Like what he thinks about certain music. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's you're good right. that he redeems himself maybe another. I don't know. Does he ever? Uh, maybe he does. Yeah. I think he does. I He's Jack he Black. We'll so. have to chat yeah. about that later. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So you guys still excited about talking about the movie? Do you still want to... Uh... 
Yeah. Do this thing five minutes at a time. Absolutely. I'm excited. I think, I feel like we're going to learn a little bit more about each other. Oh. I do. Well, that's always nice. Yeah. Yes. What a side bonus. <laughs> Is everyone excited about that? I'm sure yeah. our listeners will love that too. Well, I don't mean that in a, you know, corny way. Nice. Just, you know, I think it'll be, I think having the four of us analyzing it all together, I think will be fun. I, I hope it's fun for the listeners. Yes. Hope we don't, we hope we don't, yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I agree. I just think it was fun that we could agree on a movie, the four of us. Yeah, that's saying something right there. Yeah. So maybe it will be very universal. Maybe maybe a lot of people will enjoy it because maybe this is a universal kind of movie. Oh, interesting. So you think it brings all kinds together? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my hope. All right. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Not for today. This was exciting. Yeah, exciting. I'm excited. Love awesome. this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, great. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up and uh, stay tuned. We'll be, uh, I guess, the message for, uh, you'll have to keep an eye out for... Um, uh, High Fidelity Top 5 coming soon to a podcast application near you. Um, we'll, uh, uh, we'll be back in touch and uh, take care, everybody. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.